good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening today. Today is the 29th of March, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. And James, not a lot going on in Pistons land right now. I don't really want to talk about the, the point guard play and the, 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 the trades that, like, didn't happen. Uh, but we do have a mailbag episode today, so we put it in the listeners' hands to uh, steer the ship today. Okay. Mailbag episodes are kind of our favorite thing to do. I feel like this is, I think this is our third one. Um, Is this episode 20 or was the last? 21. This is episode 21. Deion Sanders uh, episode. 21 Savage. Um, Reggie Bush for the Lions wore 21, I believe. Yeah. And Reggie Bush for the Saints, right? Or he wore five. No, he wore 25. He wore five at USC. He wore 25. He wore 25 for the Saints. Um, What are some Uh, words? Deion Sanders, Sean Taylor. No, he wore 20. Carlos Rogers. I'm just going straight NFL. It's like 21 is one of my favorite numbers. Didn't you Carlos know my... Delfino wear 21? I think he wore 22. 22. No, no, you're right. right. Tayshon wore 22. Tw- yeah. 20. Maybe he wore 20. Funny. Here's a fun fact about me. My favorite number is 421 because, because I love 21, Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. I love four, and I love 14 in you can make all my favorite numbers out of 421. 14 was my favorite number for a really long time. Um, my first ever name on PlayStation was Fish Poop 14. <laughs> um, I was in seventh grade, I think, when we made that. Yeah, I was hopping on Black Ops 1 as Fish Poop 14. Um, oh. I, when I was uh, in, in my, I wore 14 for three years in football, and if I played basketball, I would have been number 14 as well. So let's jump right into the mailbag. Uh, as is customary, Matthew, my brother, does get first dibs. Shout out to Matt. So, it's a, it's kind of long. So we're gonna we'll, we'll kind of break it down a little bit. That's what she said. Sure. What does our timeline to compete look like now? Assuming Troy is okay with the top three to five pick, as opposed to needing that one or two spot, do we have another season like this, like this one, next year to go after? Wait, wait, wait. Do we have another season like this one next year to go after someone like Imani Bates, or are we making a push sooner than expected, or will that depend on another offseason acquisition as well? So basically, um, does this year's draft pick change the schedule at all? I think, and I reported it a while ago, they want to, they have their eyes on the 2023 free agency. I think that's when they want to turn the corner. Now next year, I don't think they're going to be this bad, or at least I don't think they're going to try to be this bad. Um, like, I think if they get a top three, top five pick, they're and they're happy with who they get, mm-hmm. I think they're going to try to turn a corner, and whatever happens, happens. If they make a play-in with a young core, go ahead. Like, great. We're, we're pushing for the future. We're building on this. And if not, then, yeah, we'll get another top pick. I still think, like, I don't think – I think next year they're probably not going to make the playoffs or the play-in. I think they're – two years away but i wouldn't i don't think that they're going to be like actively trying not to make it next year if they get somebody that they really really like in the draft yeah um i've often wondered uh, i think i don't know if you and i have talked about it on the show or off the show like at, at what point can this rebuild be accelerated i know i use like the colin sexton hypothetical trade as like which was a out of context sounds really stupid but with the given context it, it made a little bit more sense i was doing a whole bit with it but um i don't know i don't know that a guy like josh hart really propels you if you go and get him um no. he doesn't he kind of ma- he makes things look a little bit better cosmetically but i don't think in terms of what the you know the schedule is it's not going to change anything um so that's matthew's question thank you matthew for that thank you this one comes to us from pistons talk more Shout dra- to pistons talk more draft stuff if the pistons draft kaminga does that basically mean seku's future with the team is over uh, I mean, I, um, I think so, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Seku's in trouble without them getting Kaminga. Okay. Uh, but I would say, yeah, I don't see a, much of an avenue unless he vastly improves. I don't, I don't see an avenue for uh, Seku if Kaminga's here. Yeah, definitely, because he'd be behind Jeremy, mm-hmm. probably be behind Kaminga, uh, be behind Sadiq mm-hmm. at three. Am I missing anybody? Uh, Diallo. Diallo. Yeah, I would be. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be good. No, and even if you're if you're playing Josh at the three, 
and you want to play Seiko with a three, which I think has been made pretty clear that they don't want to do that. But just in, for the sake of it, he would also be behind Josh at the three. Yeah. Um, more draft stuff. So thank you to Pistons Talk for that. Nato Jacobs. This is a very interesting question. Say the Pistons get the first pick and OKC ends up with two or three. If Sam Presti calls, how many first does he have to put on the table on top of a 21 swap for you to listen? Mm. Now, I'll preface it with this. I don't think Sam would be that desperate to get Cade, but SGA and Cade would be ridiculous. So I yeah. think th- I think they would live with an SGA Mobley situation. Throw Poku out there. Well, they too. got Moses Brown. Moses Brown, who had what seventeen and sixteen at the half last night. Yeah, part um, the Dead Seas, I think was the was the joke. Those uh, I didn't see that. He went to US UCLA, correct? I believe so. Yes. Those UCLA guys can ball. Um, but anyways, back to the question: What would you say? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, man, I would need. I would need obviously your pick this year, so two. Mm-hmm. I would need your pick next year. Yep. Oh, by the way, I if I just want to throw this in. If I'm taking anyone's picks, they are Oklahoma City's because you have a million to spare, and that's sort yeah. of. I wonder if Presti's going to run into that where people are going to kind of try to bleed them dry a little bit because he has them to spare. You know what yeah, I mean? No, not like, for sure. I don't want those Clippers first that you have. I don't. I do not want those. Oh, I want one of them, um, but I'm I'm getting two of yours. Sure. Um, let me see if I can find. Okay, C's. Okay, yeah, this is it's too early for me to be doing all this uh, navigating. So yeah, I'm gonna need your pick this year. I'm gonna need your next best pick that's yours. Um, in the first round, whatever whatever your best first round pick is in 2022, I'm gonna need that. Um, I'm going to need another first from a trade you got. And I'm going to need. Shea Gilgis Alexander. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, if they're willing to come off of Shea, like if they would just do pick pick swap this year, a future first in Shea. Ooh, I don't. I don't know that Presty does. I don't that. know. I don't think he does that. But but the it's a king's ransom is ultimately what you're getting at here. So you this isn't like a like I you, need two picks that could possibly be top five. You would actually consider it though. No, but I would need two. I would need two picks that would be top five to even think about it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, this is a fun question. Thank you, Nato Jacobs. Uh, yeah. James. This one comes to us from Nick Nice. Ah, uh, burner. No. No, I know Nick Nice is he's uh he comments a lot on to me, replies to me. Shout Nick Nice. James, I know your love for Cade and I'm there with you. What are your thoughts on how he compares to Anthony Edwards as last year's number one pick? Didn't Edwards pop off the screen more? Well I think yeah, Edwards is more of an athlete. Um I think Cade's a better scorer at all levels. I think Cade's a better playmaker. Uh Cade's bigger if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think Cade's better defensively. Mm. Yeah, I think Cade's probably better in every area except athleticism. Sure. And I don't know I don't know if he's as good of a quote as Anthony Edwards. Oh, no one. I don't know that anybody in the league is right now. Nobody his age, at least. That's the thing. You and I have talked about this about Zion. He's so well-spoken and, 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 and media-trained so well. To, yeah, almost to a fault. Yeah. Like, you listen to him, Zion Williamson, on the J.J. Reddick podcast, and you feel like it's a must-listen. It's kind of not. I don't yeah. want to call it a snooze fest because it's not. The guy can, like, really talk ball, but it's not It's not Anthony Edwards. It's no. just not. Um, my co- my cousin's the best. Let's, uh, yeah, you keep lying about that, and it makes me, because he just won't even listen to his music. Anyways, uh, I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm trying to compile all the draft questions right now to do these in segments. So, all no, right. That's fine. This one comes to us from Ethan. Pistons get the fourth pick. Suggs and Kaminga are on the board. Who would each of you take? Me, Kaminga. Yes. I like his size. I think he fits the Weaver profile. Um, I think he has a lot of upside. He's played with. He's played professionally now. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I keep. I told you. I've said it before. I keep envisioning a Sadiq Kaminga Grant lineup. Um, I I like. I just yeah. I like his build. I like what he could be. I think he's shown. He showed flashes in the limited stuff we've gotten to see out of the the G League bubble. Mm-hmm. And I think he addresses a. Not only do I think he's going to be the the better pro, I think he just addresses a, a area of need too. Sure. I uh I want to for this next question, I want to I've been meaning to say this for about two episodes now. I think we need to give uh the Beef Stew fan club their flowers because they're amazing and I yeah, I love It's a great them. account. I yeah. love them. Um, when he uh when Isaiah got dunked on, he said no comment. No comment. That was funny. So funny. Who dunked on him was it Rui? Yeah, it was Rui. The next uh Giannis Antetokounmpo. You didn't like that. To Greg Kelser. You didn't. Yeah, like it's that. a little much. It's a little much. We we'll, we have a question about that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. This is we'll be we'll try to end on this with the draft from Beef Stew Fan Club. Shout out to them. You didn't say who you'd have. You'd rather have. You said both. Of us. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, I would rather take Kaminga, and I don't. I'm not going to explain it because it's literally everything that you just said. I will say though that if it was Jalen Green instead of Jalen Suggs right there, I would take Jalen Green. And um, I think it's just like that dude is just a flat out scorer. I, I get like a De'Aaron Fox thing from him, but I think he's faster. He's also longer. I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know that defensively. I think could be a better shooter. Sure. Um, I like I've said it a million times. He's third on my wish list. So if it was if it was Jalen Green right there instead of Suggs, I would take him. Um, but if it's Kaminga or Jalen Suggs. Then I'm going to take him. You know, it's really interesting. If Gonzaga and USC win today, they play in the in the Elite Eight. And yeah. Jalen Suggs versus Evan Mobley, that's for number two. That is, as far as I'm concerned, that is the battle for number two. Maybe. Thoughts? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Okay. Um, from Beef Stew Fan Club, which is more exciting? A Killian Cade backcourt or a Stu Mobley frontcourt? Uh, Killian Cade. Simply because I think there there's a chance. Well, I I am a I've said it publicly. I'm a big Isaiah fan. I think they absolutely smashed that draft pick. Um, after I was hesitant at first. Yeah, I was gonna peel back the curtain a little bit. You were you and I were talking off the air, and we kind of both put our hands up and we're like, we were both wrong about that. Yes. I, told, okay. I think I told Troy that um, when I the, before a game saw him and t- we all talked. Um, but yeah, I would. I, I just think I, I'm not sure if Isaiah is. I think he's more of a five. So you don't know if he's going to have the same impact as a four. And I think you could pay, play Kate off the ball and he'd be fine. And I, mm. uh, Killian off the ball from last thing we've seen would not fare as well off the ball. But guards. Playmaking guards playing next to each other is just an easier fit than forcing a big to play the four that you're not sure if he's able to do that yet. Uh, now he could show down the stretch that he could do that, and then I might change my mind. But I just think Killian Cade, the fit is a little cleaner than the Mobley Stewart fit. Sure, um, I'm biased. I I've I gotta wear it like I would. I just want the Mobley thing. Um, Cade Lambeer. Who would be the first of the rookies you would give up if you had to? Easy to say Saban, I feel like. That's not to say that I would, or that's my answer, but I feel like it's easiest to say him because he's a second-round pick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if we're going to go with the safe option, um, Saban. If we're going to go of the first-round picks, I mean, again, it's due to time and we the lack of stuff we've seen – Killian's the one that hasn't produced like the other two, and part of it's—I mean, a large part of it's—no fault of his own. He hasn't been healthy. So, Saban is the the clear answer. But if you're asking me to pick between the first round picks, um, uh, Sadiq and Isaiah have shown great flashes while Killian has been out. So, yeah, I think Killian would be number two. I want to ask you this because I meant to ask it uh, immediately following your uh, special K Giannis Rui thing. This one comes to us from Hal. People really came with the with the great questions this Shout time. Shout out around. to Hal. And I don't know if I've ever asked you this before, and I'm mad because I've been meaning to ask you this for a long time. So thank you, Hal, for for bringing this up. 
how much does watching on TV change the game for you? And what is your favorite and least favorite of the Pistons commercials? I know what my least favorite is. How much has it changed the game for me? Um, in, I guess in comparison to watching live, you're able to kind of you're able to focus more on the actions and the in the plays on TV. I think on in live you kind of sometimes can get tunnel vision and and focus on the ball. It all looks kind of crazy. It live like you're seeing guys move. You're seeing it looks more cluttered than it does on TV. So I would say that you're definitely able to see more actions. You're able to catch. Um, I would even say like guys making the right reads seems easier to catch on TV. Um, and then worst of the Pistons commercials, hmm, I can't even think of it. Like I'm- what's a is it legal genius the guy that looks like a mix of like scoop jackson and kevin hart i mm. think it's legal genius that guy drives me insane yeah. yeah i don't yeah that one is that one's up there i'm trying to think of other commercials that's all I'm i about. honestly i yeah, honestly when it, the game's not on i'm i'm on the computer so i'm probably not paying attention sure. too much but i um, do remember the legal genius one thank you hal this one from ethan carroll james nba arenas that are the worst slash most ugly to visit because we've often talked about who has the best media spread, who has who plays the best music, or like I say, Moda Center has the best lighting in Portland. The worst though would be where New Orleans is is kind of a dump. Smoothie King Center. Yep. The fr- I remember the first time I went there, maybe the second time. I don't know if there was a a flood or something, uh, but the whole arena smelled like a swamp. And it like stunk really bad. Like no, no, no. Like it was a thing. Like people, like their beat writers noticed it. Like it smelled bad. Yeah. It smelled like waste. Um, that's not a great arena. Um, what else has a? Is this? I don't like uh the Garden in Boston. Because it's okay. like a weird setup. At least last time I've been there, I don't know if they've changed it since. But there's a train station on the bottom and you have to like go up it's like hard to find how to get to, it's like the arena's technically like on the second or third floor i don't know it's hard to describe weird yeah it's just a weird setup and like i like my first time ever going there i couldn't figure out how to get to the floor and that could have just been so like that since then it's been easier but like that initial kind of thing like always threw me off is that how you're gonna haze omari when you guys are officially back on the beat is you're just gonna make him figure it out how to get he's, into the Boston I mean, he Garden. covered the Grizzlies, so I'm sure he's... Oh, that's true. Yeah, that he's yeah. not new to this. You're right. Uh, this one comes just from the great Gonzalez. James, your favorite part about covering the Pistons or the NBA as a whole? Is it knowing things that we don't know and just watching us freak out about things that don't matter? No, that's not fun. Okay. Uh, because there's stuff people say that you could easily just tell them sure. the answer, but you can't. Sure. Always. Um, I like covering the Pistons. The PR is great. Shout out to Kevin Grigg, Cletus Lewis, and Josh Schur. Like they, in comparison to some of my colleagues, the media access in Detroit is second to none. Um, like if we have a cool story idea, it's easy to execute. A lot of teams after shootarounds in the morning, like they tell you who's talking. But like in Detroit, it's a free for all. So like after practice, if a guy is just sitting on the floor putting on his shoes or sitting on his sitting on the floor on his phone like you can just go up to him and talk to him mm-hmm. like the access so yeah i cover that's kind of like one of the reasons why i've had um chances to go cover bigger teams over the last year several chances um but i care most about access because that's how you co- do cool stories i don't care about if the sure. team that I'm covering wins a lot and I can write a book. Like, that's cool, I guess. But, like, on the day-to-day, this job is a grind day-to-day, and you have to come up with stories about one team, a team that maybe only four guys matter, and you have to have the avenue to be able to do cool stuff, and the Pistons PR staff does a great job of allowing us to do um, cool stuff. So that's my favorite favorite part. This uh, is a great – transition backboards and backdrops and this one is one of my favorite questions james maybe you can't answer this 
But if the Athletics Clippers position was open, would you leave them? I'm sorry, would you leave us for them if it was available? It was open. And I am here in Detroit still. Gotcha. So just leave it at that? Sure. Okay. Uh, and so was the Lakers. Oh, you wouldn't have done that. You're not You're not that Hollywood. Uh, this one comes to us from Steve well, Cook. Yeah, I'm still here, aren't I? Yeah. The Paris of the Midwest. Was it hard? And, and Denver's is open. Oh, that'd be fun for you, though, right? Yeah, but, like, they, the fans can't even watch their team. There's, like, a TV. There's, like, a, uh, a thing going on with altitude. Like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but the, the fans can barely watch Nuggets games. Is it, like, a... It's uh, not a basketball like... town. Yeah. They don't care about that. They care about the Broncos. They care about Drew Locke, baby. Uh, was it hard for Tom Gores to step aside and let Troy Weaver do his thing? Before he got here, there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen. As soon as he got here, it's been one voice. Did Troy worry about this before he took the job? Um, I don't think he worried about it because I, I, I don't think he would have taken it if he didn't have the control that he has. Um, I think... Tom has eased up his um, Old his wishes, his wishes. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, that's I don't, not to say he was holding the team hostage. That's not what I'm saying. No, 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 no. I think Tom just what a lot of owners do who have had success in life, like they just want to win. Um, and it's it's taken a few attempts at trying to just make the playoffs and it not happening. I think for all parties to realize, like, this isn't the best course. And after last year's injuries and debacle and roster construction, I think that was kind of the final straw. And it's clear that building from the ground up was the best way to go. And I think Troy came in and had the experience doing that. He was in Utah after Stockton and Malone left. He was in OKC when they built up. So, like, he's... I think that was like why he he even said it. He said that's why he thought he was perfect for this job. Sure. Um, this one comes to us from Jake Saul. Jake Sal? Jake Saul. I'm going to say Jake Saul. The Kings just announced the release of Jabari Parker. His career has been disappointing thus far. However, seeing Josh Jackson and Dennis Smith Jr.'s recent success at Detroit, would either of you consider taking a chance on Parker for the remainder of the season? Follow-up question, if not, who would you consider filling Detroit's final roster spot for the remainder of the season? Jabari Parker, yes or no? Jabari Parker, no. Uh, he just doesn't fit the Weaver profile. Not He's not athletic. I think injuries have caught up to him. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't think there's much left in the tank there. He wasn't even playing in Sacramento. Yeah, I don't think there's much left in the tank there. I mean, who would I – who should fill the like does Tyler like just signing Tyler Cook count? Yeah, you can do that if you want. Is he currently holding the last roster spot with the ten day, right? Believe so, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Tyler Cook. He he signed. took the Blake spot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Leangelo's still out there somewhere, you know, if you want to get crazy. J. Cole is still out there somewhere. Tyler oh, Cook is God. probably the um I I don't think Tyler Cook is a bad option, but then people are gonna be mad that Seku's not playing. Um Yep. The thing the thing about Jabari is like, uh, who can I use it as an example? Luca. Luca's kind of chonk. So Luca cuts out all the like sweet tarts and Reese's pieces, and now he's back to putting up thirty eight, seventeen, and eleven. Great. That's Jabari Parker with long contested twos. Only he got worse after he cut those and out of the game. Pass. Yeah. So the uh, Jabari Parker for Otto Porter Jr. trade was probably the funniest trade that's ever happened ever because it was long contested twos for long contested twos, and <laughs> neither of them are really do well. I don't want to disparage Otto Porter. Otto's, Jr. Otto's yeah, a, I like Otto's I like a, him. A usable NBA player. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's not the. You're right. Um, I don't. I don't have an answer for this, but it comes to us from Peter Dillon. I've I've been chewing on this one for two days now. I'm really curious to know if you got anything here. Mm-hmm. If you were the commissioner, which if you were the commissioner would be very interesting, how would you fix the advantage of big markets over small markets? I, I don't. I think it is unsolvable. I, yeah, I don't think it's fixable. Guys want to live where they want to live, and you don't want to take away that right. Um, you only live one life, and if a guy has the potential to go to a 
a destination that they've dreamed of living in. You don't want to stop that. Um, I think the league has done a good job of doing the best they can. There's um, there's bird rights. You could there's drafting. There's there's incentives to stay with the team that drafted you. And a lot of the teams that drafted you are that drafted guys are probably small market teams. You look at all the franchises that usually pick at the top, aside mm-hmm. from the Lakers, the Lonzo year, and the, that that stretch. Ingram and all those guys. Um, yeah, like I think the league is doing the best it can. It just comes down to I, I, it comes down to the player now. Like today's player doesn't care about staying with the franchise that drafted him. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. Not all of them. Bradley Beal has stayed true to that. Um, some guys leave, like Anthony Davis, because the franchise took a long time to to get anything substantial around them. But yeah, I think the league has done the best it can. It it comes down to the players how badly they want to be seen as the face of a franchise and and be beloved in that in that city. Sure. Uh, I I think it's unfair. Anthony Davis will never be loved in New Orleans like he should be, and I don't think it's totally his fault. Especially the I mean the way he handled it was wrong, uh, but I, I still I think him leaving is he's not going to be idolized in New Orleans like he should be. Do you wonder, it just popped into my head, thinking about guys who, you know, have have bounced around a little bit. DeMarcus Cousins came to mind, and he was traded from Sacramento, and I know that there was a lot of turmoil there, and that's sort of why you don't think he would have been a king for life. No. No. They couldn't. I think he would have left after years of incompetence. Sure. When he got a chance to, yeah. I heard a lot about that situation, and uh, I'm no, that man was not going to be in Sacramento for much longer. Um, no. James, new question: How do you maintain your hair, hair so well? Because you are lined up. <laughs> well, I know how to cut hair, and I have like clippers here, so. The hair gets a little long. I just line myself up, and it's that simple. Yeah, you gonna line, start like a you start like a TikTok, a YouTube, give some tutorials on how to teach, uh, teach the folks how to cut their hair. I'm actually I'm getting to the point. So like I could cut other people's hair, but I just started. Like the last haircut I gave myself was a few days ago, and I had never cut my own hair before, and it came mm-hmm. out well. Like I tapered one side really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side I went up a little too high. I need to get new clippers that have more guard options. But, like, I think I'm two or three more times away from being very, very happy with how it turned out after I cut my own hair. But, yeah, I think sure. from here on out I'm, I'm only cutting my own hair. I've, I, I did a, I did a, a C-plus to B-minus job the other day, and it got me really excited. Yeah. Um, what, would you, what would you give me? What would you do to me? I think you rock your look well. Yeah, that's the safe answer. Uh, This one comes to us from Bob Parr. Shout out to Bob. How embarrassed should Blake be that Sadiq is already better than him? Well, I mean... (laughs) I just want he's not, but it's a pretty funny question, so I I just wanted to ask it. I mean, mean, you can make the case he is more consistently impactful than Blake right now. This season, Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, but like... That's like asking how embarrassed should uh, Bill Russell be that Gorgie Dang is better than him right now. Like, it's just time, father time. It's what happens to everybody. Like, you're not – I don't I'm know. Sure like that Blake's, one, I would, I would Blake's take... 11 years in, he's over 30. Like, it's he's not going to be yeah. – he's had a bunch of injuries. He's not going to be who he once was. And that's if, – if Blake was who he once was, this isn't a question. Sure. Um, it's, it's father time. Excuse me. Um, Teal Crusader. Thank you, Bob, for that. Teal Crusader. Shout out to Teal Crusader. Best past Pistons comp for each Pistons rookie. Sadiq gets Terry Mills. Like that one. But you know what one I like the most? Also, uh, Beef Stew, Junkyard Dog. Saban Lee gets Will Bynum. But, and I love wow. that. But I think that Saban is going to be demonstratively better than Will Bynum. I also I think don't Saban, think that Saban Lee's going to be a, a stat chaser. Yeah, and he doesn't 
shoot jump shots as much as Will did. Um, I would say Saban's more ish than fast guard, gets into the lane, uh, plays at – he can control his pace a little bit better than ish. Mm. Um, he's better defensively than ish. Not a better shooter, but Ish was a terrible shooter when he came in. Um, I like Ish more for Saban. For Sadiq, I mean, Terry Mills, you get the comp because the the three-point shooting. You could have said um, Allen Houston and people would agree with it. That's kind of – Allen's one of the greatest ever. That Yeah, I mean, I, I just – I'm trying to think of body size. I could see the Terry Mills. I, don't, I think Sadiq has a little bit more in terms of creation. I admittedly haven't seen much Terry Mills that was – I was four, I think, when Terry joined Detroit. I wasn't alive. Yeah. Um, I know about Terry Mills, and I've seen stuff, but like I couldn't. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched a game that Terry Mills played in. And who is Isaiah? I mean, I think he could be like a mix of of McDice and and Ben. You made that joke last night during the game. You said, like, Isaiah McDice Stewart or something Cause like that. Because he hit the elbow jumper, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who – I'm not going to say it. Um, this one comes to us from Jimmy Collins. Shout out to Jimmy. Do you think with Killian's return, we will still get minutes from Saban, or will it mostly only be Dennis Smith Jr., Killian, and Frank Jackson? Kojo's going to play. I think Frank's a two-guard now. Sure. And yeah, I Said that, yeah. Um, I think Casey, depending on what DSJ's health status is, because I don't know when he's coming back. I don't even really know what happened. Um, Bilateral lumbar support or something. He's yeah, got a bad his ch- back. Sat in a bad chair or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I I I just caution guys, I, people, not guys, guys and gals who follow the Pistons too. They're playing the long game with Saban. They have no rush. I think this next month is going to be the the Killian show, and I think Kojo continues to play to have the veteran presence, and I think they work in DSJ just uh, because he only has a few months left. Saban will be here for for a few years, and uh, I think he's already gotten more NBA exposure than they even anticipated giving him mm-hmm. this season. So for I sure. think they're good on what they've seen. The Corey Joseph experience, people are already mad about. Um, I'm not mad about what happened at the end of the Brooklyn game because he got a good look, just didn't get it off. Um, maybe if you weren't waiting for Claxton on the trailer, um, like to run into, you know, the old Chris Paul at half court, one of those things, but this time at the rim. It's a thing that guards do literally all the time. Yeah, he felt he, don't, he felt him breathing on his neck. and he. If that shot goes in, we're, yeah. you know, if it – we're not having this conversation, but I said if ifs were fits, we'd all be drunk right now. Mm-hmm. The Corey Joseph thing, when I watch him play, it reminds me, we bring up Ish Smith in the Saban comp, and I'm not saying Ish Smith to Corey Joseph is a one-to-one, but there's one thing that they both do a lot. There's a lot of those um, dip your head under the defender, do some baseline runs, flip the ball over your head, and rinse and repeat. A lot of those little baseline under the basket runs, and I that was my least favorite thing that Ish did. It's a small guy thing. It drives me up the wall. I hate when guards do that. And I loved every minute of Ish Smith in Detroit, and I hated that so unbelievably much. I'm going to ask you a question. I actually meant to ask you this. I meant to ask you and Laz and Matt this when we all did the the Avengers episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the most difficult obstacle that you uh, have faced in your uh, journalism in my life? career? In your journalism career? Mm. What like a moment maybe where you decided or you kind of thought I don't think this is gonna be what I'm gonna be able to do. Um, I mean the hardest part is always getting your foot in the door, mm-hmm. and then keeping it. Uh, so I guess I didn't see an avenue to how I would get to cover the NBA from high school sports by the time I was before I turned thirty. Same. Like I as felt like there was. <laughs> It just felt like I'm not making a joke. I agree with you. Yeah, I felt like where I was, I had tried to get a a job covering Michigan State full time at the same spot, and they went with somebody else from out of state. So I was just that always kind of bothered me. And I have love and respect for 
uh, all the people at the LSJ that stuck that like gave me a chance but like that once that happened I was kind of looking to go and then luckily the grace of God um, at 25 somebody liked what I was doing covering high school sports and helping out with Michigan State and thought I was ready to cover an NBA team so it works in mysterious he works in mysterious ways I would say yeah but initially I didn't see an avenue to getting to where I wanted to go before I was like 30 yeah what did that first game feel like for you? First Pistons game? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who who they opened the preseason against. Was that their first year at LCA? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't even know if the first – I can't tell you. I remember, the, I remember the first home game. I don't remember. So you were there – yeah, Eminem opened up uh, – he was there opening I night. I saw him. Yeah. Was that cool? He was like, oh, it's Eminem. It weird. Yeah. We were walking in, on a – in the arena, in the bowels of the arena, we had just finished pregame. A cart pulls up, like right in front of us. Dude, small guy. Eminem's small. I would say like five eight, five like smaller oh, than you would wow. than you would imagine, because he just feels like a larger than life person. Like he's one of the most famous mm-hmm. musicians ever. Yeah. But he wasn't very big, and he gets off the cart and is all black. And it's like, oh, shit, that's Eminem. I'd never seen him in person before. I've never been yeah, to an no. Eminem show. You can probably tell um, by the hat. Was he wearing that hat? He it was the wears? hat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was the hat and some Jordans. Um, yeah, that was nuts. Was it the Was it the Carhartt, the Carhartt 4s, the Eminem Jordans? I can't remember ones? that. Okay. It could have been. I don't remember. I don't remember. I was kind of just, like, trying to, like, see his face. Was that was, like, was, was that, like, a, a starstruck moment for you, or were you just kind of like, wow, that's cool? I never had, like, I like... I always I'll say this on like I've said it before like peep my friends like I think Eminem's three album run is first three albums is up there with anybody ever uh, then after that it's been pretty poo poo but I always like like I never had ambitions like I never had ambitions to meet Eminem but it was still like it's Eminem like I don't have ambitions yeah. to meet jay-z but if i saw jay-z i'd be like cool it just felt like you were meeting like a like one of those people yeah it was an aura but, sort of a thing yeah there's a very much an aura uh, uh yeah. danny or m who, who would i rather listen to danny now like at this moment in time who do you want on the show who do you want on the show more oh danny yeah okay we're pushing yeah. for that still yeah. um we talk about the motown noah all-stars on the show a lot who would be on the uh, the James Edwards the Third All Stars? You gotta have a snappier nickname than that because it's a great name to say, but you gotta yeah. have a nickname. James Edwards the Third All Stars doesn't really. The JLE Three uh, Ballers J- is corny. JL Three J E L Three. Go ahead. Who are they? JLE Three? This is like um, Neil Akina. This is like my Frank Neil Akina. I know. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Can't put Sean like, on there, obviously. Yeah, and it's like guys that aren't really good players right yeah like you could like you have your like De'Aaron Fox pick because he's a guy who's underappreciated that's why De'Aaron Fox is allowed to be on the all the Motano All-Stars and I think you would probably put him on yours too I would have Lonzo over De'Aaron Ooh, I don't know if you could do Lonzo Lonzo's getting his flowers but I but De'Aaron has an all-star game De'Aaron does have an all-star and I I think right uh no or he was close like he's been closer than He's been closer. Yeah, he he doesn't. He's been closer than Lonzo. There's a Lonzo Hive. Right. But if you can have De'Aaron, I can sure, have Lonzo. Sure, you're right. It's just semantics. You can have Lonzo Ball. All right. As a yeah, De'Aaron never made an all-star. I don't know why I said that. Uh, so Lonzo. Well, no. This is, this is See, this is what we were talking about. I mentioned this to you about a month ago. I said, do you think we're going to get to the end of De'Aaron Fox's career and he's going to end up like Mike Connolly and never have an all-star appearance? Obviously, now Mike Connolly has one, but it's kind of like, eh. But he does have one. But yeah. in, when I when I said it at the time, we thought that Mike Connolly was never going to have one. So that's why De'Aaron Fox doesn't have one. It probably never will. Anyways, Lonzo Ball. Keldon Johnson. Um, man. Uh, putting me on the spot. You like Let's Moses see. Brown? Not enough yet? You got to see no, a little he's, bit more. No, I think there's potential. Like, he's not – like, I don't like those kind of guys – like I don't like love those kind of guys. Um, you got to go in your back. I mean, you need the Nas Reeds. You yeah, need I'm trying the, to. I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think. Um, yeah. So Kelton Johnson, 
Lonzo. Um, I'll I'll give you Mitchell Robinson. Do you want Mitchell Robinson? Nah. No. He's a great player. That just doesn't feel as fun. Um, you are a noted Devonte Grand Graham slanderer, so we're gonna kick him off too. He is not having an invitation. Miles Bridges. Okay. Shout out to Flint. Um. Man. You like Jaron? Yeah. Not enough. But like, does team. that count? You can, no, I would, um, but like, does he count? He's too, he was a top. Can, he was in the top four pick. Oh, so is Lonzo. Yeah, but I'm saying like. Lonzo's had enough time that like he his value like how people viewed him went down. Jaron is Fair. still Fair. people still love Jaron. He's just always hurt. Fair. Um. Why man. don't we? You want to come back to this on Wednesday? This is yeah. Let me work. let me. I'll make I'll make a list of ten. Sure. Okay. It's hard on the spot. I'm trying to like think of every team that I'm trying to think of the roster after the deadline. Sure. Yeah, I uh. Right. What's uh? This comes to us from uh, Isosteez. Shout out ISO Steez. Favorite MF Doom song? Ooh. It's like picking your favorite child. Um, I love Doomsday. Title cut off Operation Doomsday with the Sade sample. I love Monkey Suit, which is was like an adult swim song. It was, I think it was supposed to be on Mad Villain, Mad Villainy 2, but which has not come out. But you can find it on YouTube. There's a video. Um, money folder. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. Yeah, it's it's hard to pick one. So I'm gonna do another music question since we're at the tail end of the show, anyways. No, we're not. We got about twenty minutes left, and this what well, this question is gonna take you a minute. What is James' favorite hip hop record from each decade, starting in the '80s? Comes to us from Bryce. I don't know if I've listened to anything. Like, I guess when did America's Most Wanted uh, Ice Cube come out? If that 90... came out, eight, maybe ninety-one. I was gonna say. I think I want to say 1990. Um, so I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if I have a favorite album from the '80s. I don't really listen to '80s rap. Nineties. Uh, That's tough. My favorite rap album. That's like the greatest era in rap history. So it's like all of my favorite albums are like from the 90s. So if you're going to make me pick one. Outcast, Equimini. Mm. Uh, from the 2000s. I've said my favorite album when I think our very first show. Blue and Exile, Below the Heavens, 2007. Mm-hmm. From 2010 to 2020, it's between To Pimp a Butterfly. Ooh, you and Amari agree with that one. I think that's like. No, wait, he said. um, He's good kid, Mad City. Yes, I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, I'm To Pimp a Butterfly. Uh, The jazz influence and just like. The risk he took in that album after a good kid Mad City, like he could he had the formula down, but instead he like, you know, I'm gonna give you this. Mm-hmm. And it was executed to perfection. Um I think that album is just more int- like Good Kid Mad City is a phenomenal story tie like storyline album, like detailing yeah. your life in a creative way, but like to be a butterfly with like the intricacies in that it's is different. Uh, yeah. plus I hate um, swimming I hate swimming pools now. The song By the by the time you hear the next pop, the funk shall be within you. Yeah, bang bang. That's, bang. My, that's, a, that's a, one of my favorite parts on the whole album. Th- that album is phenomenal. And then from two thousand and so it's between "To Pimp a Butterfly," "Action Bronson's," um, "Blue Chips," the first one, mm-hmm. Freddie Gibbs's "Pinata," Freddie Gibbs and Madlib "Pinata." Um, Earl sweatshirt. I don't like. I don't go outside. You've picked that, if memory serves. I believe I've you've used picked that. that. Yep. Yeah. Um. I mean, but then in like the two thousands too, like Mad Villain, Below the Heavens, mm-hmm. Most Defs, uh, 
what was the one with the red album cover with auditorium with slick rick uh hold on i'm gonna hold on we're looking this up 808s and heartbreaks you can have that one you know how i feel about kanye and autotune but oh that's right it's been a while we have discussed that yeah yeah um gosh what is the uh the the ecstatic most deaf so yeah there's like it's too many to name um Mm -hmm. and i could get even nerdier but yeah good question yeah i don't have one from the 80s unless i just can't think one ice cube and tribe or like the earliest i had really like religiously listened to so what comes to us from rj this is the question it's pretty broad but this can be story time with james i guess maybe the m&m story was i just want to know does james have some ipsy stories <laughs> do i have ipsy stories yeah, you ever you ever you ever uh get down on ipsilani I lived there from the age of 7 to 14. Okay, yeah. Like, I was born in Flint. Then we moved to Ipsy. Um, then we'd go to Flint every weekend to see my family. Then when, from 14, my parents got divorced and moved back to Flint. That's when you were um, spending some time in Howell for like 10 minutes every week or something. Yeah, yeah, when we did the drop-off at the marathon um, right off the highway. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I have, that's where I, like, shout out to – Coach Steve Brooks. Everybody's talking about Ypsilanti Lincoln and Ipsy Prep because of Amani, but mm-hmm. if if you know an Ipsy, Ypsilanti High School, I don't know what it's called now. They like changed the name since then. Is the Hoop School? Like guys were going D one year after year out of there. L J Frazier went to Eastern. Woody Payne, U of D. Um, that's where you. Pl- that's where I played against Manny Harris. Uh, I mean, yeah, I have. I have many, many like I. I was, I'm old, I'm young enough, I'm old enough, I'm in that perfect age where, like, when I was a kid, like, from, again, from, like, 7 to 13, like, we still had to, like, go outside, like, we'd ride yeah. our bikes all night, Yeah. and we'd ride our bikes and go play basketball, we'd ride our bikes to the corner store and get big hug juices and mm-hmm. candy, and we'd ride our bikes to Hollywood Video to go get a video game, mm-hmm. so, like, I was outside, in, in the Ypsilanti days. By the time I moved back to Flint, I was, it was time to drive. But, yeah, I was outside, like, on the bikes till the street lights came off. I've gotten in fights in Ypsilanti. I've gotten – I've had some of the best basketball games of my life in Ypsilanti. I've uh, – yeah, no, that, I, that's a – those are stories for non-podcast. Sure, okay. Um, yeah, I, fond I've memories, got, though, overall. Oh, yeah, that's, like, that's – that's my – I, like all the, it's crazy. Like the guy, the guys and gals I went to middle school and elementary school with, and one year of high school with. Like we, I still am really good friends with. I'd say like ten to fifteen of them. Actually, funny story. The last home game. Uh, shout out to my man Arnie Lincoln and Vince Henderson. They were at the game, like sitting three rows behind me from Ypsilanti. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. I played Small ball world. with Arn, uh, Earn Burn, and uh, and Vince is a chef. Yeah, and he lived in San Diego. Last time I saw him was two years ago at Staples Center. He came to Lakers Pistons. But, yeah, Ypsilanti was uh, my formative years. Sure. Uh, Let's throw a little bit of shade. Where's your least favorite place to be in Michigan? Don't say Howell. I mean, no, but it, it's that Howell Fenton area. Right. Like, I'm I just went and played just, golf in Fenton and that's last off the week table. and felt uncomfortable. Right. That's off the table because, duh. Um. My least favorite place to be in Michigan. Now that I live downtown, I really don't like Metro Detroit. The traffic is ridiculous from like in the Troy and Royal Oak and Birmingham and all that. Birmingham and uh, Madison get, Heights. It's Sterling Heights. It can Sterling get Heights real bad. Yeah, there's tr- there's always construction. There's uh, I think the majority of people that live in Metro Detroit live in that area. So like. Rush hour, good luck getting anywhere on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just an annoying. Everything's spaced out. I was talking to someone about this at work. I go, you know what the weirdest thing about Detroit is? What? There's no one there. Ever. There's never anybody. You go there on like a Wednesday afternoon. There's no one there. I never pass anybody walking around. It's Downtown? weird. Downtown. I'm talking Madison Avenue. Woodward Avenue, no one there ever. Uh, when's the last time you've been downtown? November. Well, that's because it might have been cold. Like right now, there's people outside. I've been in there May, been there in June. 
Have you been there in the last three years in May and June? Yes. Downtown's a lot. It I could mean, just be the, a really weird coincidence. Well, it's also during the day, and during the there's not as many people as there is in Chicago. So, like, I'm not, not even every, speaking. Not everybody works downtown. Yeah, but even I just mean even before I lived here, like it it was weird. Yeah, it's different now. There's definitely a lot more action. Like I love downtown Detroit, but yeah, during the day on like a Wednesday, yeah, like there's not a lot. Like a lot of people don't work downtown. Gotcha. I would say a lot of people hang out downtown. So if you came at night on a Thursday or Friday, you'd have the you'd have a ball. Gotcha. Um, you ever take the people mover? No, I never have either. And I hate. Yeah. I don't like public transportation. It's I just I hate it. So I probably never like I hate taking the train. I do because I have to. Yeah, I mean the people mover. I mean traffic downtown's not crazy that you can't hop in your car and you, you're annoyed how long it takes somewhere. Like you can get anywhere yeah, no. downtown in five minutes. Leaving LCA isn't even that bad. No, not at all. Shout shout downtown Detroit, my my new home. Yeah, how's that been? Because it's been what about two three weeks? Yeah, I love it, man. It's uh, I'm 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 proud to be a a resident Detroiter now. Is it uh, uh is it is it kind of nice having to leave? Like, what's the time difference in terms of how far you away, how far away you are from the arena? Oh, it takes me <clears throat> uh, five to seven minutes with traffic and just the way I the how I choose to get there. Yeah. Um, in comparison to twenty to thirty minutes, twenty five to thirty minutes at my old place. Let's do a road test real quick. Road check. Speed limit seventy. How fast are you going? I go the speed limit. You're a guy. You're not going seventy one. You are going seventy. I mean, like I'll go a little. Like uh, most, I'll go seventy five. You're not a big left lane guy. You're not a big fast lane passing lane guy. I am, but I'll be in there doing seventy five. Yeah, I'll pass you for a second. I'm not like one of those people. If it's crazy traffic, I'm getting over and I'm going slow. Like I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go with the flow. Sure. Okay. Uh, I also I don't like, take the highway much out here. I kind of just take Woodward everywhere. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, you don't, I like you don't, driving through the city and seeing the, the stark, drastic difference from where I used to live, where Woodward, that part of Woodward, all the way down to downtown Detroit. I like sure, yeah. seeing the uh, the change in, in lifestyle makes you uh, appreciate things. It's really like when I get off and it's like dark outside and it's like Michigan Avenue, it is kind of cool because there's just a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of lights, and it's kind of like you look look around. And you're like, oh, this is kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, you know? I love that about living down here. I like I can see the Renaissance building from mm-hmm. yeah. my sidewalk. I got to. I don't know if I said it on the show or if I told you that I went because they dyed the river green this year in Chicago, and I went for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to go see it, so I did, and I was like. It must just be that the Chicago River is always really gross because it always looks this green to me. <laughs> it didn't look new. And how, does like, it, how long does it take? To, I always wonder how long does it take for the dye to get out. So I had I I was a little bit late. It had been probably like four or five days, and it had rained one or once or twice. So oh, I the could, rain gets it out. I, yeah, I could definitely oh. tell that it was there was a green hue to it. Yeah. Um. If you go that day one, it's like fluorescent. But I was just like, no, this looks about as gross as it always does. Um. You guys got rats in Detroit? Me and my girlfriend have seen one recently. Yeah, yeah we were voted with like Chicago won like the rattiest city in the America for like the fifth year in a row. All Did it over really? All over. I don't, know. I don't know if I've ever seen it in Chicago, New York. You see a bunch. Oof. Oof. You go outside. You mostly at night. You don't really see it much during the day. At night, you just walk around the block once. And you see about five, yeah. six, ten. The long 12. tails, man, that grosses me out. They're so cute. They're just funny, man. They're just funny. Alrighty, James. Um, Is it no more questions? Let's do two more. You want to do two more questions? Okay. Let me let me. Pull I don't it up. think it's it shout out to RJ for the Ypsilanti question, but we just went on a tangent. Let's let's do two more Pistons ones. Sure. Um, a lot of these we've we've talked a little bit about before, so just for the sake of the repetition I, if you, yeah if you have any i've been a little bit reluctant um i'll ask this one because i can answer it nick also i haven't answered any questions in this episode i just realized uh nick when are you going to leave that stupid job that causes you to miss pistons games it's just not the same without you live tweeting the games the most annoying part about it is that james will just trash talk me because i'm not watching games without a missing 
people uh they might love the team a little bit more than you people they're uh <laughs> coming for your spot no um when am i going to leave that stupid job uh when people crowdfund my salary which i'm not asking for so i i would like to have an income <laughs> um the one thing i'm i'm more upset i was really upset that i missed the brooklyn game i was really upset about that um i'm really upset though because i'm gonna miss the usc game tonight because i'm gonna be at work so that's kind of annoying um other than that i mean ooh, james what do you think is better your amazing music taste or your strong hair game and here's how these you can are not, these are not questions i anticipated us ending on uh neither i don't know if you had to take one away which one would you rather have still <sighs> yeah your entire mental discography is gone or you can't grow hair anymore i love music with all my heart but man you take away a black man and his hairline that's rough steven ace well never mind yeah but like the waves are spinning right now Ugh. i can never <laughs> listen to music again or have or be bald you, you it's not that you, i don't know if it's that you can't listen to music ever again you have to completely rebuild your um personal taste because like you snap your fingers and you don't remember any of your favorite albums or any of your favorite artists or any of your favorite songs so you have to like rebuild it and by the time that happens, brother, you're gonna be about sixty when you get it all back again. So I'd rather I'd rather rebuild it because if I Ugh. acquire new taste, it's music. Even if I don't like it in my current state, I'll probably like it in that state. And there's like, a, a not an I don't have very many music conversations with friends. Like I, a lot a lot of my people like more current stuff than I do. So like we don't, and they're not into like the homeboy sandmans and arm and hammer and just random shit that i have come across so it's like i don't have many music conversations on a day-to-day basis sure um last None of my friendships are are pillared on uh music really even not your uh best friendship with danny you guys don't chop it up about spinning danny some brown yeah never talked to him you're the one that's talked to him sure is that, or is that what you wanted me to say or don't go along with the lie i was trying to make you oh. I was trying to gas you up um fumble that bag uh another one from nick nice we'll end on this one nick nice oh two sleek has a history of getting excited over a big man when an awesome wing was staring teams right in the face are we emphasizing mobley too much and overlooking jonathan kaminga jalen green and jalen suggs uh, well, I think those times have changed over the last few years, and the reason people are emphasizing Mobley is because dominant two-way big men are still very important in today's NBA. You, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic doesn't have the defense, but a tremendous offensive player. I mean, right now, if you ask me who the MVPs are, uh, it's Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, both are big men, and Evan Mobley has the potential to be um, of that cloth, so... Yes, I think they're. I think teams are emphasizing guard play and wing play more now. Uh, but you do not. If there's a a versatile two way big man that can block shots, be a nuisance defensively, shoot the ball, finish at the rim, put the ball on the floor, uh, that's as valuable as it gets. And Evan Mobley is built from that cloth. I would throw into sort of a tier two Mitchell Robinson, Zion, and Carl Anthony Towns. I would put Cat and Zion and yeah, like I guess I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't put Mitchell Robinson in tier two, but yeah. I he can't create for himself. That's fair. I just mean in terms of his finishing at the rim. Oh yeah, that's great. He's better than Andre Drummond. Yeah, no, certainly. Well, that's because he only finishes putbacks and lobs. He doesn't put the ball on the floor and try to do. Is that um, because he knows what he's good at? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's not a problem. No, 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 it's good thing. It's because he plays for a team that allows him to do only what he's good at. Yeah. Come on, and this come is on. I tweeted this yesterday. Um, I feel like the whole Andre in L.A. thing could work, which, by the way, shout out to me for calling the Boston thing because I thought that that was going to be end up being a really cold take. But apparently Boston's in the mix for Andre. But it, it's probably one of those things where Danny's going to be like, damn it, we missed out on another one. Ah, we tried. We tried so hard. Um, but it, it – Dwight Howard had his career, I don't want to say revived, restored, since this is a Pistons podcast, 
with the Lakers. JaVale had that with Golden State, but then he continued it in L.A. I just feel like if you throw Andre in the dunker spot and you throw him all the lobs in the world, he's probably going to be pretty good for them. And people are going to convince themselves that he's worth $120 million again. And they won't do that. He will, he is, he will be lucky to get half of what he's getting paid now for his next contract. But I um, think your logic is right if uh, LeBron James is playing and LeBron James isn't playing. So he could be in trouble if he goes to L.A. for the next two months. Yes. Yeah. Because who's throwing him lobs and who's getting him shots? It sounds like he's going to be in a, uh, as people like to point out, the reason Andre did things he wasn't good at in Detroit is because he played for a team that forced him to do that. And when I said it just a second ago, it was sarcasm. Like Andre chose to do some things he didn't have to do, um, and he's gonna—it's gonna feel like that's gonna be the case in in L.A. until LeBron comes back and AD come back. Until then, though, their second best player is Kyle Kuzma, or their best player is Kyle Kuzma and THT. So he's gonna—it's not gonna be pretty. Should have pulled the trigger on that Lowry deal, like I told him to. Like I told Palinka to. I texted him after we got off, and I told him my exact thoughts, and he was like. Yeah, that would have been a really good point. That's a really good point. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. We're not listen- ending here. We're doing story time with Nick. Uh, I tried to speak. So, Nick, your, your, your friendship, which is still insane to me, as somebody who's – obviously, I covered Luke Kennard. I got to know him well. I, I covered him his whole career until he got traded. Um, it still baffles me that the person I do a podcast with who lives in Chicago and – is not at one bit affiliated with or now you're affiliated with something around the Pistons, but before this podcast you were just a yeah a you don't dude know who I the know. internet yeah yeah I'm just a guy it still it still baffles me that you had like an actual like friendship with Luke Kennard like it's just the most random thing in the world. Tell yeah. me, did you did you reach out after he got traded? Just because I know you and you're a very emotional guy, and I know how much you loved you loved you some Luke. Did you reach out to him after he got traded? I did. And um, how soon after the trade did you text him? So because I knew this was probably going to get brought up, I the Woj tweet where he confirms that Luke Kennard is getting traded was November 18th at 8.47 p.m. My central time. And uh, on November 18th, I at 8:51, so four minutes later, I <laughs> texted him and I was like, "They didn't," with a period at the end, because um, if there's a period, it conveys the sincerity and the sadness. And then ten minutes after that, I go, "My heart is in pieces." No, you didn't. And then it took him. <laughs> you cried. Uh, it. I was. I didn't just cry. I, it's on video. If you look at this, if you look at my video when we drafted Sadiq Bay, I am like really struggling to hold it together. I don't. I don't remember that video. I'll have to go back and watch it. No, don't because it's so, text it to me. No, it's cringe. I mean, I can just find it. So just can you just make it easier on me and text yeah, it? Yeah, I'll just thank you. I was like, they traded my friend, man. Like I was really hurt by it. I was really, really hurt by it. My heart is in pieces. You you texted that to him. I'm looking at it right now. And I'm not going to say everything that we talked about after that. But the one thing I will say is, uh, I, I don't know. I kind of like that. I, I kind of like it to be like a personal thing that I'll still say it. Took him two days to reply. Understandably so. Yeah. And You're his said, best friend. He's not yours. Or he's your best friend. He, you're not he, his. Yeah, he's to me. Yeah. We're we're brothers. To him, I'm a guy, and yeah. I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> I mean, you got a response. I got several. I told oh. you that I I told you that I hit him up after the the Hawks game, and he replied immediately. Oh yeah, you did tell me that last. We're week, like yeah. that. He goes, "You're still the goat, Nicholas." I'm surprised you don't have that in a frame somewhere. You didn't print that out. You know. What makes me the happiest is he spelled my name right. N I C H O L. There's no H. No H. Oh, yeah, there's no H. I spell it right every. It infuriates me because if I put Nicholas as my display name, people will do Nick as N I C, but that's not what it is. It's N I C K. But if I just do it as Nick, N I C K, then people will put an H in Nicholas. And it's like, I can't win either way. So 
Uh, yeah, that's my thing with Luke. Uh, we've talked a few times. Um, the Spurs are releasing Marquise Chris to create a roster spot for Gorgie Dang. Gorgie Jang, that's a thing that just happened 45 minutes ago. I didn't ago. expect Gorgie to to go San Antonio. I thought he would go somewhere that's maybe more likely to to win something. Uh, but I like that. I like Gorgie yeah. Jang, and that's I like him in San Antonio. I'd imagine they probably try to get something done long term. Yeah, I uh, feel bad for Marquise Chris. It's kind of feel like he starts to put it together, and then just as a guy, I really like him because I've gotten to. He's a cool guy. Um, <laughs> That's an, okay. Uh, albums. Well, you kind of already did yours. We kind of already did the music thing for you. You had like yeah. four music questions. I feel like you picking three albums was kind of your music thing. No, but they're all ones I've said on this pod. So you do you have one? If you want to go ahead. No. Um, Are you I'm saying gonna, no that you don't have one? I'm gonna type in. I'm gonna just type in some letters. Uh, into. Uh, uh, this is this is bad podcasting. Go listen to Action Bronson Blue Chips one, the first one. I Be- best songs, uh, double breasted, um, and nine twenty four eleven to date September twenty fourth two thousand eleven. Action Bronson Blue Chips one. What's what's uh? Can I say Doja Cat on here? Uh, what's her most recent Hot Pink? Go listen to Hot Pink by Doja Cat. There you go. Bing bang boom. Yeah, that's my pick. All right, there we go. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that was a really scuffed uh, album album selection. There, I I, I I mean, I, I haven't listened to her music, but she's a very beautiful woman. Uh, Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> somebody has somebody in the background. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a review, rate five stars. You have completely thrown me off here. If you're feeling generous, leave a review. Rate five stars. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace.